Good morning. So glad you guys have come to join us today. If you're here for the first time, uh, be it on the podcast or be it on Discord, this is the Read and Rant, where we spend a few moments in the reading of God's Word, and we spend a few moments in reflecting on God's Word. Today, we're going to be reflecting on the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. I want to encourage you to go ahead and turn your Bible there to Acts chapter 10. And I want to, uh, I want to encourage you to also posture yourself to read God's word and to meditate on God's word, prayerfully asking these three questions. First question is God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question is God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question that I want you to ask is God, what are you revealing concerning me? That is our commitment today. As we spend time in the reading of the word that we will commit this time, giving it to God to say, Lord, do a work in us as we read your word today. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this time. I'm excited. I'm excited about reading this word. We're in the book of Acts. So, you know, that gets me all stirred up anytime I read through the book of Acts. And so uh, let's just see what the Lord leads today as we spend time in his word. Acts chapter 10, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come together Lord, to read your word. Father, I pray that you would bless this moment, bless our time together. Father, let it not be our facility of thought, Lord God, but Lord, inspire us today as we engage in your word. Let us be transformed by the gospel today. Let us be inspired by the story of what you've done through your people, Lord, as we read through the journey of the early days of your church. And we say that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. It says this in Acts chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of the Lord coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. 
and a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, the three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you speak, sorry, whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with them, he went and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to another of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. <laughs> Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, For what reason have you sent me? So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon there, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word, that word, you know, was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, <laughs> who went about going 
So I went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. <laughs> to him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who receive the Holy Spirit as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. I'm going to stop right here. I just want to spend a few moments with you all today as we reflect on this word today. Powerful chapter. Just a, just a, just a powerful chapter. One that speaks into the consequences, the things that, um, that happen in re as a result of the ministry of the gospel and the ministry of the Holy spirit. As you guys have been reading with us through the book of Acts, you've seen how the Lord has moved powerfully through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the believers. You saw how uh, Saul had come to conversion and how Saul completely took a, he did a 180, went from persecuting the Christians to now proselytizing the gospel of Jesus Christ just through the Damascus Road experience, which we read about just a chapter prior to this. And then we read the story of Peter, who, if you recall, Peter had uh, come to the city of Joppa and the Lord used him powerfully and mightily to minister to a disciple named Tabitha, whose name was Dorcas. And Peter prayed for her in Joppa and there Dorcas rose up again and people saw how God was moving powerfully through Peter. And so we see this powerful transformation in Paul and we see this powerful move of God that's happening through Peter. And then we get to chapter 10 where the narrative shifts. And the reason why I say the narrative shifts at this point is because up until this point, the Christian faith was a Jewish faith. Let me say that one more time, just in case some people might've missed it. Up until this point, the Christian faith was a Jewish faith. Up until this point, they ministered to Jerusalem 
Jewish, Judea, Jewish, Samaria, for the most part, Jewish. And if not Jewish, Judaic. <laughs> and I know we, we could throw that around Judaic, def, you know, I guess by implication means Jewish, but to make sure you understand that it goes simply beyond race, but rather, rather more coincides to faith. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm saying all this because up to this point, you couldn't separate the Jews from Christianity. It was very much a Jewish faith. But in Acts chapter 10, stuff begins to shift. A man who is not a Jew, a Gentile man, a Roman or an Italian centurion, this man receives a visitation from God. This man who is not Jewish, who doesn't fit the mold, he doesn't align culturally. I'm not sure. I mean, there are those who may surmise, there are those who may posit, there are those who may hypothesize about Cornelius to say maybe Cornelius knew of the law and he knew of the Ten Commandments and he had read through Psalms and read through the Old Testament and read it. And it's not to say that he didn't and that he wasn't exposed to it, but this is not a means by which he lived by. Cornelius, this man, was praying to God always, seeking him. And in seeking God, this man received a visitation from him and God spoke to him powerfully to go send a man named Simon who was living in the house of a man named Simon in a city called Joppa. This is a man of influence. This is a man of power. And this is a man who represents everything that Peter doesn't. Like, <laughs> I want you to hear this because this speaks to two things. The first thing this speaks into is it speaks into a God who will reach people right where they are. Like this is, this speaks into the pursuit of God, that one who may not seem to fit the mold, who may not seem to align with the culture who may not seem to really fit in with this particular crowd, who may not be a particular race or a particular ethnicity or align with a particular culture, that God has a way of reaching the people who don't fit in. God has a way of reaching people, not because of their race, not because of what they were born into, but because of a thirst that their soul has a hunger that's coming deep from within. And there's some folks who can say, I grew up in church, but you hear stories every day of people who were nowhere near church, nowhere near God, nowhere near Jesus. And yet there was a hunger in their soul. There was a thirst deep down inside and in digging and seeking after more, God met them there. 
Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Cornelius is hungry. He's hungry and he's searching and there God meets him. He doesn't fit in, but God meets him there. This is for the people who don't fit in. This is for the people who say this isn't for you. This is for the people who, who have been told you need to be a certain way, act a certain way, do a certain thing. This is who you need to be before God can meet you and visit you. This is a man on the outside. He's on the outside looking in and yet God stepped out to meet him there because maybe he didn't fit with religion, but he feared the Lord. He was seeking after God, thirsting after God, hungering after him. And there God met him. For those of us who don't feel like we fit in religion, for those of us who feel like we don't fit in to what I, what you may have grow, grown up on. Some of you who've grown up in church will feel like you don't fit in. Let this be a word of encouragement. Don't hunger for religion, hunger for him. Seek him and he will meet you right where you are. That's the first thing this really speaks into is that, that God has a, a, a way of meeting people who are hungering and thirsting after him. He meets Cornelius right where he is. And Cornelius doesn't have all the answers, but God says, I'm going to send someone to you. <laughs> and here comes the second part. The second part is, is that God uses a man who would by in any other circumstance would never meet with a guy named Cornelius. I think we, we sometimes overlook this chapter and overlook the power of the ministry of the gospel. We, we overlook the power of the Holy spirit and what the Holy spirit does. It doesn't just save us individually, but it reconciles us corporately. This is what the gospel does. Takes two men who would never meet. I mean, Peter, I mean, you could I mean, just think about this for a second. He's a Roman centurion. He represents everything that Peter did not like. Up to this point, Peter's been waiting for the establishing of the kingdom of God. Peter's been waiting for God to restore Israel. Peter's been waiting for all that. You recall this was earlier on in the book of Acts. We, we, we read this over and over again. Peter's waiting for Israel to be restored. Peter's waiting for Israel to be delivered from the establishment. To be a nation again, to be a people again. So you have to look at Cornelius and you have to see that Cornelius embodies everything that Peter does not like. And I'll take it even further, embodies everything that Peter hates. Peter's waiting for Israel to be delivered. Just think about that for a second. He's waiting for Israel to be delivered from Roman occupation, from Roman occupation rule and this man 
represents everything that Peter does not like. It wasn't, it goes even deeper than Cornelius being Italian and Peter being a Jew. He's an Italian centurion. Isn't that the thing? Isn't that, this is what's so beautiful about the gospel. This is what's so beautiful about what the Holy Spirit does. Is he, he makes a way to bring two people who would never, ever be joined or connected with one another. He makes a way to bring them together. <laughs> this is the ministry of the gospel that regardless of what the history says, regardless of what we read, regardless of um, the stuff that we've heard about what has happened in the past, the ministry of, a, of the gospel has a way of reconciling people together, even when they don't align, coincide. The ministry of the gospel has a way of bringing white folks and black folks together. The ministry of the gospel has a way of bringing men and women together, regardless of the history. The ministry of the gospel has a way of joining people who would never, ever love one another, who would never, ever be connected with one another. The ministry of the gospel has a way of bringing different kinds of people together. You know God is at work when two folks who encounter the same God are joined together, not by what, not by, um, you know, commonality in culture, not by commonality in politics, not by commonality in history, not by sociological commonality, but simply by the purity and the power of the Holy Spirit. Cornelius would never call a man like Peter if God didn't meet him there. I mean, just be, let's be real here. Cornelius would never never call a guy like Peter to come over to his crib. And Peter would never say yes to a guy like Cornelius inviting him to his crib. And yet God meets Cornelius in his place of need. And then God meets Peter. Because get this, not only does Cornelius have to humble himself, to ask the lowly Jew, because remember, he's a member of the, he's a, he's the member of the sociological elite. This is a man of influence and power. And he's going to ask this lowly Jewish fisherman over to his house to tell him what he needs to hear. In Cornelius eyes, this took a, a, a great degree of humility. <laughs> But Peter, on the other hand, would never go to this elitist. I mean, he represents even the guys who killed his Lord. <laughs> he represents the guys who had arrested Jesus and sacrificed him on the cross. He was just preaching about those guys. 
And yet Peter has a vision. And there he sees all the animals. You have to understand, Peter is a devout Jew. And his Jewishness is informing his Christianity at this point. His following of Christ is deeply intertwined and intermingled with his Jewish faith. His Jewish practice. Up to this point, you still have to follow the Jewish laws and the Jewish way. I mean, that's what's, that's what's required of Peter. I mean, nobody told him to change that. He didn't need to change that up to this point. God shows him all the quote unquote unclean animals. This is for the people who are the Hebrew Israelites and all the other folks who they like to bring up all the food laws and bring up all this stuff. And they'll quote book, they'll, they'll quote Luke. Well, guess what? Acts is part two of Luke. The book of Acts is just a continuation of the book, book of Luke. <laughs> so can't quote Luke and not quote Acts. Side note, sorry. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And look what he says to him. He says, kill him and eat him. Wait, what? No, Lord, no, no. You you know me, God. I haven't eaten any unclean. Yeah, go ahead. Grab that Oscar Mayer, kill it and eat it. (laughs) You better take that bacon and and, and fry it. It's all right. It's, It's okay. Peter. No, Lord. No, that's not. I know my law. I know. I know what I grew up on. I know the rules. I I hear you. I hear you. But you can go ahead and get that, 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 that the shrimp. You can go ahead and yeah, you, you can eat it. You can take the lobster. <laughs> go ahead. You, it's OK. It's OK, Peter. You, you can eat it. God is saying. What I have cleansed, you must not call common. This is this is wrecking Peter right now. Like Peter's probably going, hold on a second. Wait a second. What's going on right now? You're telling me that the law that I grew up in is not necessary for my walk in faith. You're telling me the law. I mean, wait a second. Hold up. No, Peter, go ahead. You can eat all of it. It's all good. And what I find interesting is that as Peter was wondering, as Peter was trying to understand in his place of processing what God is revealing, because notice God is talking about food and Peter realizes it's more than just food. In the moment that the folks that Cornelius had sent over to him, the delegation that Cornelius sent to call Peter over to his house. Peter's processing this and they come to him and then Peter begins to connect the dots. It's not just about the food. It's also about the people. Jesus didn't just die for the Jew. He died for the Gentile. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, 
but have everlasting life. The world. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus died for everybody. The gospel is for everybody. It's for the Jew. It's for the Greek. It's for everybody. Thank you, Lori. It's for all of us. And even further, the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the Jew. You got to understand up to this point, Peter's thinking, no, 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 you got to be, you have to be Jewish to receive the Holy Spirit. Ooh, Peter's theology is getting completely wrecked. <laughs> Peter's theology has, has been flipped on its head. Because now Peter's realizing, hold up. The Holy Spirit isn't just for people, people that fit in my culture. The Holy Spirit is for people who don't necessarily align with me culturally. Who don't agree with the way I see things. Who, who, who don't, who didn't grow up on the stuff I grew up on. Who didn't participate and partake in the Passover celebration or the Seder who didn't celebrate the Jewish festivals and the Jewish celebrations who up to this point have been eating all kinds of shrimp, lobster, and bacon. All the stuff that we have called unclean and yet the Holy spirit is available to them. Who must erect him must have wrecked his life. And then Peter begins to preach the gospel. Cornelius receives the gospel. And then they receive the Holy Spirit. And what I love is, is that Peter is seeing all this. He was obedient to God, stepped into a space where he was not comfortable, willingly chose to leave his majority context, to step into his minority, to step into a minority context. He chose to be a minority. Chose to step into this. Peter walks in preaches the gospel because that's what the gospel does. And that's what the Holy spirit does. And then Peter is shocked, flabbergasted. He said, hold up, wait a second. <laughs> In truth, verse 34, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Wait a second. You mean the gospel is for the Gentile as well? And then he says, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Peter saying this flabbergasted, like he's shook. He's shook by what he's reading. He says, oh my gosh, opens up his sermon like, oh wow, God's here for y'all too. But you don't fit with my culture. 
you don't you don't fit my politics. You don't you don't you don't align with my way of life. Hence the danger of when we have made Christianity a religion. When we institutionalize Christianity, we impose our cultural constructs on it. This is the reason why we've seen over time and time again that when Christianity is institutionalized, it becomes adulterated, bastardized. There are folks that grew up in churches where they told you, you weren't a good believing individual if you wore pants as a lady. If you're wearing pants, you have makeup on? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Jewelry? Uh-uh. Watch out. Imposing culture on the faith. Wow, shaving your legs. That's a new one right there. Dang. Couldn't shave your legs. Imposing the culture on the faith. And you really couldn't come to the church and you couldn't come to the faith until you fit their culture. Until you fit their mindset. Oh, and, and God forbid you be a woman. Oh Lord. It's funny how in the church there's all these rules for women, but somehow there's no rules for men. (laughs) I always found that interesting. Like there are all these rules for modesty for women. But none for men, though. I mean, no, it's okay. I mean, men are men, men are perfectly fine. It's the women that the pro- that are the problem, <laughs> right? And so we see how a lot of our church expressions are really religion and not Christianity. It's not the way; it's an institution. So when the culture is patriarchal, the church becomes patriarchal. When the, when the culture is male dominated, male chauvinistic, the church becomes that. And there's been so many things over the years that now when we look back, we begin to realize this was actually not informed by the gospel and the Holy spirit. It was informed by culture. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because many have been broken and hurt by it. And this is why our churches become cliques because we're, we're aligned by similarity in cultural beliefs, not in the scripture because we've imposed a culture on the scripture, not allowing the scripture to transform the culture. No, what we do is, is we justify our way of thinking about what is right and what is wrong. And this is how the church got caught up in the United States in racism. Because it wasn't about the gospel and the Holy Spirit. It was about propagating their institutional power. 
And so, of course, the church was complicit in racism, but the church has been complicit in so many other things. And I'll tell you right now, and black church versus white church, same stuff, black church versus white church. Here's the thing, family. If you are in a context and some, you don't have a choice. Like if you're, if you live in a city that's predominantly white, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, unless you like leave the city, nobody says you need to do that because God might be calling you there. It's the same thing. There are folks who are, who grew, who grew up in a black, predominantly black context and all they know, that's all they have, that that's all they live in. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to say that you should feel ashamed for that. However, I find that many of our churches are homogenous, monolithic because of our cultural idols. Because of the way we want people to do things our way that align with our way of life. Not realizing that we've established new idols. And when you find yourself in those contexts, I'm sorry, this is just a mini rant and then I'm done because I got to go. But but when you find yourself in those situations, in those contexts, and all you have are people who agree with you, you get all up lost in the sauce. You need people who don't, who didn't grow up on what you grew up on, who don't agree with you. Why? To refine you. I can disagree with you and love you. And we live in a day and age today where somehow we've lost the mental fortitude, the emotional capacity to disagree in love. Like, when did that happen? When it was not, it's not okay anymore to disagree with somebody. Like, if I disagree with you, then we're separate. We're, 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 we're going to just do our own thing. You can go on your thing and you can just do your thing. And I'm just going to do my thing because nowadays we just don't have the capacity to disagree and still love one another. Not realizing that we need diversity in the body because diversity refines us. Diversity draws us closer to Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Diversity is a work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? <laughs> the work of the devil was to separate us by race, by culture, by language. The work of the Holy Spirit is to join us together. Those who are different, because let me tell you something right now, because of Peter Cornelius is a better believer. Because of Cornelius, Peter is a better believer. Peter knows Jesus even better now because of Cornelius. And Cornelius knows Jesus better now because of Peter. And so today, fam, let's embrace the people we disagree with, even in the body. Let's embrace and love the people who 
I will say things and some folks and I, I, I'll sit let me shut it down because I can be on this all day. I can be on this all day. I have folks who can't handle my point of view on scripture. I have folks who message me and DM me on the regular. I feel like you're attacking me or I feel like this. or I feel like that. And I say to them, you know, and this is DMS. I get, I get DMS about this all the time. Or there are people who will say, you know, I don't agree with you and you know, I'm going to have to unfollow you or I'm going to have to, people say that. And, and, and I say to them, you know, that I follow a whole bunch of people that I don't completely agree with. <laughs> Some of my great brothers and sisters in the faith don't agree with everything that I agree with. And yet their presence in my life is a blessing to me because they refine me. They refine me because the thing that we agree on is much more powerful than anything we can disagree on. And that's how people go, wait, but you're friends with, you know, I have the Pentecostals cause I have Pentecostal friends who are confused because I have Presbyterian friends. And I got Presbyterian friends who are confused that I have Pentecostal friends. <laughs> I have Calvinist friends and I have Arminian friends and my Arminian friends are confused when I have Calvinist friends and my Calvinist friends are confused that I have Arminian friends. And then they are confused about where I am. Oh, you just don't know where you stand on things. I can know where I stand, disagree with you and still love Jesus with you. <laughs> This is just a work that the Holy Spirit does in each and every one of our hearts. Even here in this discord community, there are going to be folks who come here who don't necessarily, I know. And by the way, guys, I love each and every one of you. And I know that you don't necessarily agree with everything I say or teach. I, I know that. And that's fine because it's the Holy Spirit that refines us. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us closer and closer to Jesus. Peter got to walk with Jesus. No, Peter had the best teacher ever in the history of the Christian faith. The Logos himself. And yet Peter is still learning. Peter's still figuring it out. I'm going to be figuring this out all the way to the grave, fam. And I'm going to grow through those who I dwell in love with. And of course, I love spending time with people that I disagree with. And I have folks today, I had a brother who I love very, very much who messaged me this morning um, just to say he really appreciates my heart to continue to dwell with him even when he says things that I don't necessarily agree with. And I continue to show up and we continue to talk and we continue. I continue to love him and he continues to love me. And I've grown in my time with him and he is growing in his time with me. This is what love looks like. This is what it looks like to love, to walk in 
love. So family today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and challenge you to find people who are different. If everybody in your, in your crew is like you, seek after someone who's different for your own soul. And yes, it will make you uncomfortable. Stay that way. You will grow and grow and grow and grow. God bless you guys. I love you guys very much. We're going to pray. And then I'll see you guys for the next session. Dear only father, we thank you that you have brought us together. Lord, I thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that Lord, you're showing us what your Holy spirit does. And it does wondrous things, wonderful things. Father, I thank you that you've brought even a diverse, beautiful tapestry of people woven together in this community right here, be it on discord, be it on YouTube, be it on, on our, our, our podcast platforms. Lord, you bring folks from all over from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different faith traditions all together to come here. May we grow in a greater understanding of you. May we know you and discover you more. Father, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters who are here. I thank you for my white brothers. I thank you for my white sisters. I thank you for my black brothers. I thank you for my black sisters. I thank you for my Latino brothers. And I thank you for my Latino sisters. I thank you for my European, African, Asian, all of them. I thank you for all of them, for the blessing that they are in this group and in this body. So continue to bless us as we grow together. Give us grace, Lord, as we continue to navigate through all the challenges that come in diversity. But may we grow in our knowledge of who you are as we grow in our relationships with one another. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love y'all. Real talk. I love y'all. I love you guys very, very much. I will see you guys um, on Monday. And of course, we have Bible study. So I want to encourage you to, to, to join our Bible study. And if you're watching this or sorry, if you're listening to this um, on the podcast, please join our Discord community. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. And also, if the Lord puts on your heart, I see all the orange names. Thank you so much. All the orange names. Love y'all. If you have an orange name, you are a patron. And if you haven't set up your Patreon to link with Discord, please, please make it happen. Do it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thank all the patrons as well for your support and your love and your encouragement. It is your support that makes all this possible that we're able to do this. So we're grateful for you all. God bless you guys. I will see you guys on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>